What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. My first year here, especially having some type of stable income and extensive income is that it's always going to be there. Nothing's, you're not going to miss anything. Yeah. That 365 days that you sit down and that summer that you miss, that spring break that you miss, that Valentine's Day that you miss, that New Year's that you miss when you're sitting in the house and working, it may seem like it may hurt. But when you're 25, 26, 27, and I'm looking at the people in my circle that are like, oh, man, I got to figure this out. Oh, man, I got to go to work or, oh, shit, man, I don't know how I'm going to pay this this weekend. Like, yo, bro, can you front me this? Can you help me with this? You was the same person that when, it was, when spring break came around, you wanted to go to Pensacola and I yeah. stayed home. You just got to lock in. Welcome to another episode of Tech is the New Black your source to discover experts in the technology space to give you exclusive insight and secrets to help you break into tech, scale in this industry, and maybe even start your own billion dollar tech startup. And today y'all, we have an amazing, amazing guest, not even just an amazing guest, we have a special guest because this guest is actually a neighbor of mine. The way we met was actually really crazy. Uh, was coming back from a really nice date with, with my boo, my bae, and stumbled on him in the lobby and this man was working, not just doing any kind of work, but was doing some really cool exclusive work. And so right from the start of us meeting and me seeing what he was working on, me seeing what he was about, and then also getting to know him furthermore beyond that, I was like, yo, man, I have to get this guy on the platform to educate my audience on some of the really cool things he's doing. That's pretty unique from the rest of our, our other guests. But anyway, y'all, want y'all to meet my guest, Tori. Bro, how you doing, man? Good, good, good. How you doing? Doing good, man, bro. I'm so hyped to have you. Yo, I'm hyped to be here, man. Yeah, Ooh. man. Y'all, man, he, this, this is going to be really special. I uh, really want to make sure y'all are paying attention to a lot of the gems. He's going to be dropping a lot of the other insights. So just kind of go through his bio and things like that so y'all know who he is. So uh, Tory Porter is a non-conventional real estate investor that owns 30-plus doors and has scaled other seven-figure million dollar seven-figure month businesses in the retail and e-commerce space with over 80 plus million raised and 18 million advised he's shown others how to master the art of active and passive income tori has recently launched and grown a fintech startup that is currently valued at 15 million and is disrupting the market in doing so bro so we got to get into it Let, let's jump straight into it let's go into it all right, so do you work in tech? I don't. Okay, okay, cool, cool. Did you go to school for tech? Get a degree in anything in tech? No, I mean, I went to school for aviation. Okay. All <laughs> right, do you know how to code or do any of that techie stuff? <laughs> Not at all. All right, bro. So, so all right, so you don't work in tech. You, you didn't go to school for it, and you don't code, but you own a tech startup. Right, right, right. And it's crazy when I was telling you last time how I even got here in tech. But no, none of my stuff, my journey in the beginning was 
directly tech related whatsoever. Yeah. So how like how did you like just really just tell us your story like what what led you into your your business and things that took off that allowed you to kind of like grow and scale your income, grow and scale your other businesses and just kind of breadcrumb your way all the way into having your own tech startup? Man, since college, I've always been interested in sneakers. So yeah. I had a sneaker store. I was selling eBay. At the time, we didn't have offer up and let go. It was Craigslist, eBay. Mm -hmm. Selling eBay, ended up learning about Shopify, started putting stuff on Shopify. Yeah. Learned how to drop ship. I'm like, okay, well, I'm just going to sell the people's sneakers if I can find deals and then make, you know, 10, 20 bucks, 30, 40 bucks from there. Man, ended up building, building and scaling my site. Ended up selling my site for um, about $1.2 million. Whoa, wait, hold up, hold up, hold up. <laughs> Wait, all right. So let, we gotta connect somewhere because I'm hearing the numbers, and I'm sure everybody, everybody watching, listening, y'all hearing the numbers too. So I'm hearing you saying selling some for thirty dollars, this fifty dollars, and then we get to how we get to one point two mil. So 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 I would I originally would just go stand in line at mm -hmm. Foot Locker finish line. I would hustle and bustle online and find people like, hey, if you got a pair of Kith sneakers or you have a pair of off-white sneakers or a pair of you know retro air drawn ones i would say okay well you have these shoes for 300 400 bucks you know and they're they're reselling right now at 600 700 bucks i buy them from you i resell them i send them to flight club i put them on ebay i'd auction them off i put them on craigslist mm -hmm. and i do a meetup and then i started getting a little bit more smarter i started going to those other third-party sites and saying well hey Instead of me just spending my money to buy them outright, if you're already selling the shoes for 500 and they're reselling for 800, I'll just middleman the shoe. So, Man. I mean, in a sense, and then as I started growing, um, and this was pre two years pre-pandemic, you know, mm -hmm. two years before the pandemic, and um, sneakers has always been a popular industry for everyone. I mean, like you got on, you know, some Fire Air Max right now, so you know, it's so, like everybody loves sneakers. We, yeah, we they, sneakers they, they, involved. They're not like your shoes though. Everybody joins. Yeah, appreciate is, is it. Fire. So it's yeah. like you know when I looked at that and the and the value of sneakers, I've always been a sneakerhead. You know, yeah. you have those hype beasts that just care about the popular. I love all kinds of sneakers from yeah. the Adidas shell toe all the way up to the red october you know air yeezy but anywho um i would i would i would scale i started learning more about systems and i met christiana you know i introduced you to her yeah. recently i uh, met christiana off snapchat um tina dm'd me and was like yo like you're smart it's, you know you're smart as hell you know like yeah. you should i should get you out here it's cool you can cuss on here oh yeah she, cool. she was like you smart as shit we, we, yeah we, we christians but this ain't, this ain't a christian this ain't a christian show she was like it's yeah you, she was like you smart as shit so she was like i'm a she flew me out to orlando she brought me out to orlando and honestly um, that was like the peak of my entrepreneurship journey. I was working mm -hmm. at Family Dollar and Walmart at the time. Man. So I was a, I was a store manager at Family Dollar on um, Sycamore View Road, and um, I worked at the Walmart right off of what is that? Not Austin P. Winchester Road. I was working at the Walmart on Winchester. Road. I was working two jobs. Yeah. Um, I was sleeping on the floor. I was staying with two of my other homeboys. So I mean, man, and it's like to, for me to see her, like she had this huge townhouse in Lake Mary, huge. Yeah. She probably not gonna want me to tell them she, about she, this. But. She low key something about her screams luxury. Maybe, maybe it's her social media. Oh boy, <laughs> bougie. <laughs> but bro, no, no, let's keep it a stack though. When I first met you, like that's the same thing. That's the same. I, I didn't get bougie, but. When I saw your social media, I said, yo, this dude living life. <laughs> I said, this man out here living. With a lot of hard work, and, though. Um, I mean, definitely. Like, again, we met, you were working, and then I saw I saw glimpses of the fruit of your labor. So I was like, okay, this, this dude's working, and he's living life. I think that's super fire. It's actually really crazy hearing, just hearing these things. This is my first time hearing this. 
it's wild like knowing you to the degree that I know you now and seeing the way you move and obviously like where we live but even beyond where we live like just some of the places I, I see you at and the moves I see you making and to hear that you were working at you say Walmart and family I was Dollar working at Walmart on Winchester Road and the family dollar and Sigma Marie. and then the day it was the day this is a kicker though I would work I would overwork and I would do doubles it was the day that I got fired I remember calling my mom I was like I got fired at the time I had a Oh my gosh, I, I had a I had a challenger that probably barely could crank up at the time, man. I had a car that was beat up. It looked nice, yeah, but it yeah. was beat up. And I remember calling my mom. I was like, I got fired. And my mom, and my mom at the time was working at Family Dollar too. She was a manager, so it was just a yeah. simple fact. Like, I realized right then and there, I was like, this can't be the journey I want to live. Like yeah. living the Monday to Friday cycle, enjoying my payday on Saturday, Sunday I sleep all day because I've been working the whole week. And then, what did you see? Like, was there something, someone, or something? Like what? Was there something you saw that like sparked something in your head to make you Chris start would never know this, but it took when I went to Florida and realized that I have someone near the same age as me ah, that is and she it. she comes from a structured home. And the fact that she comes from a structured home, she'll tell you, you're like, yeah. hey, I have a silver spoon. I've had this, but I didn't want to use any of my dad's money. So to watch someone that comes from a million dollar family and then separate themselves from that and still go through the same struggles yeah. of homelessness eviction loss of funds and i'm like you Man. know like damn like I, it's it's realistic and it took yeah. for that for me to say like like damn like i can actually make it out of this and the fear of going back to a homeless shelter the fear of section eight again the fear of like i don't even got twenty dollars to put in my gas tank today how i'm yeah. gonna make it up the street you know yeah so it took it, that was the epiphany that that woke me up and then the simple fact that also like my mom may not like me saying this but like me and my mom are working at family dollar my mom has two degrees. My mom um, has is just is now just now getting her doctorates. My mom has never owned a home. My mom has always worked a job. And yeah. I looked at that and to say for me to be twenty years, twenty one years old, to be sitting in the same position as someone who's near fifty, and they've worked their whole lives. I realized right then and there, it's time for me to figure something yeah. out. So that's where mm -hmm. I came into the journey of like entrepreneurship and Chris took me out and she started teaching me all these systems. And I took those systems and implemented them into an online store. Cause like I said, at the time it was just eBay, eBay, eBay. Everyone yeah. that went to MTSU with me knew I was an eBay junkie. I would sell everything on eBay. Mm -hmm. I, I'll, I'll sell your, your, your joggers on eBay if I could, if I can make money off the joggers, yeah. you know, anything that would bring profit. And then um, I built those systems, scaled those systems out. And um, I did that for about two more years and I ended up scaling, I ended up growing, got my first mortgage, felt amazing. Um, if, you're in, if you're in Memphis, you got French Street and Second Street. I got to stay on Second Street, yeah. beautiful loft, beautiful condo style loft, um, loft style condo. And That's then fine. the pandemic came out of nowhere. Yeah. And man, I remember being on the phone um, with my previous partner in San Diego and it's crazy now because I literally, it sounds crazy saying this. Is I was like, I only have $100,000 set up my name. I don't know what I'm going to do. And when I look back at that now, it's like, it's crazy because it's like, not to say in like a, like a boastful way, but I'm like, oh shit, like $100,000. Like I can make, I can make that in a month if I wanted to go back in the e-com. I can make that yeah, in two weeks. And it's like, but then it was like, I remember on the phone, my partner's like, I had never seen 20K before. Yeah. I had my dream car at the time. I had my track hawk. I had my loft. I had yeah. my 100K. And I was like, I'm like. I don't know what to do. I was literally at a standstill. I couldn't scale my store any faster. Yeah. The world was frozen. No one was traveling. And it was like 90 days of terror. You know what's wild? Uh, and I, I don't want to go too off on a tangent with this. I, I love where you're going. But what's wild is, is hearing you say, like just a few minutes ago, you are talking about, you know, you sleeping on the floor. You know, you working at Walmart and, uh, and Family Dollar or Dollar Tree. And, and here you talk about, okay, the pandemic hit and how you're like, man, all I got is just 100000 to my name. Right. And I know, like, some people listening are like, why in the world would that be such a fearful thing? Just 100000 to your name. 
But one of the things I was talking to uh, my homeboy, Eric, who, uh, who's the videographer, we were talking about yesterday is how when you're broke, like when you're when you're when you're straight up broke, like your thought process is just survival. It's exactly. just it's like, OK, well, wh- how can I pay my bills? But it's like when you get to the, the level that you were at, you're beyond that level now. But what you're talking about when you get to the level that you were at. Now you no longer see money as okay. A hundred thousand isn't enough to pay my bills. It is enough to pay your bills, right. but you're thinking, okay, this might not be enough to, to take invest and yes. support into other yes. things so I can grow and scale. Yes. So I, I just want to stop there because I think some people are here and they're like, well, why is that such a tragedy? He had a hundred thousand to his name, and it's like well, you don't realize when you have so many wheels spinning, like like the wheels you had spinning, and when you're thinking bigger, you're thinking greater. The next step, your stress is no longer do I have enough to eat. Your stress becomes how can I stretch this. To pour this into how the can next I pay thing. my employees? How am I going to cover my Man. ad budget? How yeah. am I going to cover my overhead? How am I going to distribute over into this next program? So yeah. how am I even going to travel? You know. Yeah. So those are all the things. But yeah, like so I don't go on a tangent. Yeah, those are it. some of the things that I kind of went for. So fast forward through that, I I hear a lot of people say, oh, like oh, pandemic millionaires or pandemic ballers. Or, bro, the pandemic. If you didn't know what to do, if you didn't know how to properly take the opportunity that came from this, I myself didn't get any of those government programs i just didn't qualify for them at the time but mm-hmm. the amount of capital that was out there like, yeah, it was bro, crazy i was selling so many shoes like i was selling other people's shoes two to three times over what they were worth it's just people just wanted to spend money wow but no um fast forward from there i ended up learning about flippa christiana introduced me to flippa f-i-l-f-l-i-p-p-a.com um and i got a valuation for my shout website out to flippa the sponsor for this episode no, i'm just playing oh, yeah, shout out <laughs> no, just play. <laughs> shout out the flippa but i ain't wasn't paid yeah yeah no, but, but yeah flippa um man i ended up putting my, my website on there you can see it it's in my highlights my website was valued around two million i got a real valuation around 1.2 crazy and then i was like chris was like you can sell the website i'm like nobody's gonna pay that much money for a website guy was like yo i got a proof for an sba loan i want your website can you provide the proof of traffic can you give me bank statements I gave him everything tax filings all of that he's like okay Okay, and then like after you know Uncle Sam and whatnot, I went home with like around eight hundred thousand. Man, that's nice. And then I took that money and got into real estate. I don't even to this day. I'm, I'm still surprised how I got in there. And like the story I was telling um your partner earlier is like you know I I had a guy who was watching my story every day. He was like yo like you're you're smart. And I was trying to build an app at the time. I didn't even know. And I guess that was my light introduction yeah. to tech. But I still had never crossed paths directly into like a solid technical infrastructure of understanding what tech is. And yeah. and then from there, I mean, he introduced me into a um uh commercial uh, wholesaling deal and I ended up doing the wholesaling deal. It went productively, made 30K, it was the easiest 30K I ever made. I mean, of course my Shopify store was- an easy 30K. Well, no, that was easy. It was like a simple phone call, a follow-up, some T12, some financials, and the guy was like, I won it and I put my assignment on it. Yeah. And um, I started learning more non-conventional systems from a wholesaling because wholesaling was just so predatory. So I created my own system, which is mediation financing. I was teaching people how to find people who couldn't afford to fix their houses up, how to find the investor, fixing the house up on a draw system. Once the house is complete, finance the house into the, the the mediator's name which is the person that's middlemaning the deal yeah. the homeowner gets a profit and and their property is sold and the investor gets their money back too and they kind of got me there so man boom dude that's a crazy yeah. and, and i guess this this whole window of time from uh from now your lending software and from when you had first started everything like basically from when you got fired like when did you get fired up till now I was 20 years old. I lost my job at 20, 19, 
I'm a system baby. I was in the yeah. I was I was the system 16 to 18, 18 to 19, 19. I got my first my first official job, and yeah, 20 is when I started. 19, I started working at Family Dollar and Walmart. And are you talking your age? Fired. Or are you talking like 2019? Like oh no no age wise. So okay. what would that be? It's 2022. Was how how old are you now? 25 now. It was five years ago. That's crazy. Whatever. You, that you know you is. know what's wild? I didn't even know. Like like you 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 look your age like you you look 25, but. Just when we met, and I'm sure you get this a lot, and I'm sure even pe- people that are listening and watching it, watching are like 25. Because like just the, the way you talk, the way you move, the things you've done, it's like you you wouldn't think like, oh, dude, 25 making all these. Yeah, everybody's acting like an old man. Yeah, hey man, now you you just man, you're focused, dude. Like you're straight up focused. I think what's crazy is many people had some of the experiences that you had, and many people had some of the the, the dreams. But, I, but you seem like somebody where instead of you kind of like lollygagging and wasting a whole bunch of time in between, you know, some people will work on some stuff and they'll take like a long break, work on some stuff. And then they might be where you're at in 15 or 20 years. But you just seem like you condensed all of that time and just got to business. Yeah, I sat down. I just felt like coming from Memphis, man, like everybody is like I already I talk like I'm white. I've heard that a million times. Yeah, yeah. But speaking with sense, it's just simple things. Like yeah. code switching, like talking off camera versus talking on camera. Yeah. And then, you know, where I'm from is like already how I carried myself. I was already against the the norm because yeah. of how I dress, how I carry myself. I ain't tall enough to play basketball. I ain't big enough to play football. So it's like sports and I don't want to be no rapper. So it's like, yeah. that's the only way. And it's like, I was destined and determined to prove like there has to be a way to make money and live a lifestyle you want to live to whatever means they may be or to wherever extension they may be. And without having to be a NBA player, NFL player, or in the league, some AAU, um, sports related, entertainment related, music related. So that's what kind of also allowed me to go hard. What I guess what what advice? And usually we we save this for the end, but I want to ask this now because this is even this isn't even in my notes. Uh, what tips or advice would you give for someone who has big dreams, big goals, and plans, but they procrastinate a lot, or they take long breaks, or they get distracted very easily? I think FOMO, fear of missing out, is the biggest thing. Mm. Me coming from nothing, and just to be transparent, like me coming from nothing, so I don't sway too far off. But me coming from nothing. And not having a single thing, I literally upped and packed my things and just came to Atlanta off a whim. And I came for a relationship, but I upped and just came to Atlanta. And coming from an environment where you can have a brand new 22 Camry and live in a one-bedroom apartment and wear air postal every day like okay well that guy got it together he doing good and i come to atlanta yeah. and it's like ferraris lambos this guy driving this this guy carrying this stuff yeah. i'm seeing 19 20 year olds so it was the influence and i feel like i had that fear of missing out yeah so i think the advice that i would give to a lot of people my first year here especially having some type of stable income and extensive income is that it's always going to be there nothing's you're not going to miss anything yeah. that 365 days that you sit down and that summer that you miss, that spring break that you miss, that Valentine's Day that you miss, that New Year's that you miss when you're yeah. sitting in the house and working, it may seem like it may hurt. But when you're 25, 26, 27, and I'm looking at the people in my circle that are like, oh, man, I got to figure this out. Oh, man, I got to go to work. Or, oh, shit, man, I don't know how I'm going to pay this this weekend. Like, yo, bro, yeah. can you front me this? Can you help me with this? Can you, can you, can you, can you, let, can I use your car? This, like, like, can you crank me up? Like, bro, like, what's going on? Like, oh, yeah. can you add me to it as a user on your car? No, I can't. Yeah. You was the same person that when it was, when spring break came around, you wanted to go to Pensacola and I yeah. stayed home, you know, or you want to go to Miami. So I think to just simply answer the question, it's like, you just got to lock in, like just stay focused and trust the process. And I've had times even now. And it's like, 
people don't understand and even hearing your story like mm-hmm. from homelessness to 100k now 300k like i was yeah. just watching your stuff it was just 100k i was like shit yeah. now it's 300 <laughs> yeah. you know and then soon it'll be 800 it's, it's actually, it'll it's be actually 2 million. A, it's actually a lot more than 300 i just i feel weird to keep changing the numbers so I'm no but i think that is important it because it shows that progress and i don't think you i might think be right yeah I, people look at it and go like oh you you got this and you got that but it's like the stressors may be different but they're just as extensive and the yeah. the the problems become different like yeah you can call them wealthy problems rich problems but they're still problems but i think that a lot of people need to understand like where they want to go and then a a a journey without a plan is just a dream and i'm strict by that i love what you said about the fomo because i think that's uh one of the things that i've noticed i've been dealing with lately like it's the fomo of oh if because i'm a i'm a huge believer that whatever it is that that we do whatever it is that you do like God wanted you to do the things you're right. doing. God wanted me to do the things that I'm doing. And it's like, but God wants that thing to happen irregardless of if I do it or if you do it. Right. Like, he wants you to do it. But it's one of the things where it's like, all right, if if, if I take too long, God's going to give it to somebody. Like, all right, you do it then. Because he, he. Because the opportunity is present. Chilling. And so that's how I think now when it comes to that FOMO where it's like, okay, I have this idea. There's something I want to do. Ah, but if if I chill out too long, if I take too much time, if I if I kind of shuffling my feet for too long, somebody else gonna do it. And then also opportunity costs. You just touched on the next thing I was gonna speak on. Opportunity mm-hmm. costs is very important. It's kind of like what I was telling my close friend the other day. Like she put a certain amount of money into an investment, mm-hmm. five six thousand dollars. The investment didn't go well. Focusing on that one thing, or being depressed about that one thing, or saying, "Oh my gosh, like I lost this money. I don't want to work today. I don't want to get up today. Like, oh my gosh, I can't even pay my rent now. I should have just paid my rent, mm-hmm. or even just paying bills." Like, I never understood the process of. I've always been that way. Like, bills are always going to be there. Yeah. The first, it, it's due on the first, and it's late by the fourth. They don't even give us the fifth here. It's late by the fourth. <laughs> you don't even get the extra day here, and and it's late. But at the end of the day, the next month is going to come. The next month is going to come. So yeah. when you're constantly putting that that stress and that energy into something that's always going to be predetermined for you, mm-hmm. instead of putting it into something else. And and I go back to this friend that put this money into this negative investment, and it's been ninety days near now. And yeah. the amount of time you've put into focusing on five thousand dollars, you could have missed out on fifty, thirty, forty, sixty, seventy, eighty, yeah. ninety, a hundred thousand, a million. So I think opportunity costs fear missing out, and then also understanding opportunity costs so there's a difference between money and currency right now you're giving me a form of currency which is your time which is exposure which is resources Mm -hmm. meeting the amazing people on your team that is currency those things are interchangeable money is it's it's just fiat it's 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 reproductible it's always there yeah but certain currencies aren't reproductible that's true so i think people need to understand opportunity costs and the value of money over currency if you can understand the value of your time the value of your opportunity the value of your resources over money money's going to follow after that as long as you trust the process and you're good at what you do. That's good. That's good, man. So, bro, so you, you've you killed it in a, in, a, in a few different areas, a few different industries. But, I mean, you're making money in these different industries. Why, why launch a tech startup? I didn't even, man, when I tell you, okay, so we're going to go back to sneakers. I used to buy a lot. But I never did buy it. So I'm not going to lie. I just paid somebody so, to do it. So, so what is buy a lot? Okay, Nike and Adidas. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure the audience knows. I don't know. Don't come for me. A lot. <laughs> so for educational purposes. <laughs> just educational purposes. For educational purposes. It's just an example. An like, example for fun. Not real life. At all. 
Nobody's done this for real. So when you want to get, when a guy, Jundo wants to get a certain release, mm -hmm. and Jundo wants multiple of those releases, and Jundo doesn't want to sit online. Jundo builds out a system of, well, which is what's funny now, because now I know what they are, of cookies, caches, servers, yeah. and, and botting systems. And these bots automatically apply under different names, under different aliases, but for the same address. Mm -hmm. So Jundo is able to get a limited sneaker that only one person, one of every 10 people may get. He's all 10 people. And he takes all of them and he drains the market because now they're able to take the the large um, monopoly or foothold or real estate of that specific sneaker of that specific mm -hmm. release or even clothing piece um, and 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 take that and resell it for more than what it's worth. Yeah, because now supply and demand. Now there's exactly. less supply. They've restricted the supply so the demand is extremely high. So they're going to pay retail $120, $130 and then they're going to resell it. You know, like, I mean, like my sweater is a cactus plant flea market. Like they probably like say they I, I don't remember the number of releases, but like this one was a limited hoodie. Now it resells for like two to three thousand dollars. And you have that guy who buys it at retail. John Doe. John Doe got this for me at retail. Yeah. For those of y'all who are listening and not watching, y'all need to watch just to just to check out his drip. This man really came with it. But <laughs> Eric, not like this nigga drip. He dripping. <laughs> but go ahead. Thank you. So so. So you get that you get the items and you resell. But to go back to the question, um, I was I was pretty understanding of how bots work, mm -hmm. and um, I had my my previous business partner in San Diego. Well, at the time I was really heavy on real estate. E-commerce was a thing of the past. I'd already sold my website. I tried the mentorship stuff, but it's just like I just didn't feel. And then and it just be also transparent. Like I wasn't the best with my mentorship program starting off because I had to learn. I had never yeah. educated people. So I was like, I was fumbling, I was dropping the ball, I was misleading people because I was expecting them to have the same exact results as me. And it's yeah. like and as I started getting this backlash, I'm like, you know what? Mentoring for e-commerce, going back to it now, I can I've been killing it. But like looking back yeah. then, it was new to me. So I left that alone and I focused solely on real estate because it was something that was in my control. And that is something that if I tell you to do it exactly A. B and C and you do A, B and C, yeah. you can be just as successful as me versus e-commerce is like, it's give and take. You mm -hmm. can do the same exact product, the same exact marketing, the same exact branding and your audience may just not feel it. Man. So I focused yeah. on real estate and um, my other business partner was in the lending space. So I would send him clients to get gap funding and gap funding is like if they get approved for it, a real estate deal or proof for a project for educational purposes also because the banks don't like this. He <laughs> would get American Expresses and Citibanks and the, 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 the Goldman Sachs and then that would cover the down payment on the home. As long yeah. as the loan made sense and the interest in the points. And then they would then in tune secure the first property so they can build that relationship. Mm -hmm. The issue he was having was he was always on the phone. It's always on the phone with clients that weren't qualifiable. So I'm like, well, why don't we just use the – I put logic in all of my forms when clients mm -hmm. fill it out. Just so I'm not wasting my time. Put in the deal, input the numbers, put in the ARV, and then I have the API with um, my, my, my property lead source. And if the deal doesn't make sense, they're automatically – like denied so yeah. i was like well why don't we use the same logic when it comes to lending then he said the next issue is he's like well bro if i fund them and i get them this card this card this card and i go the second time and i get them this card this loan this loan this line of credit and i get them this he's like i don't know how to scale it so anywho i was like well why don't we use those bots and those systems that i use with the sneakers to complete the funding and of course for my patent purposes my proprietariness i don't i can't go super deep into it but yeah. i took some of those systems and put it into the the software and then it went from some type of in-house crappy system on MongoDB to like a fully stack expanded technical structure infrastructure that we use for like all of our clients now so that's what got me into the tech space mm -hmm. and I started learning more and more and more about tech I knew I yeah. had to figure out how to do interviews what this type of what is the difference between 
Python and JSON or C++ and Java. Yeah, I'm like, what the hell is a JavaScript? HTML and JavaScript. I don't know how to read a JavaScript. He's sending me crap and notes, and it's all skewed to the side. Looking like like you're watching a Matrix. I'm like, what is this? So yeah, that's what got me into um, my introduction into tech. Bro, that's crazy. So so what has it been like for you in this space? And again, you're you're seeing it from a different angle than than most people do because most people enter into tech through either school or a boot camp and then they work at a company even most people that even end up starting startups they enter into it through that that way so what's different as a as a as a business owner um a serial business owner what's the difference from the tech startup versus other things i think as far as how i enter as far as like just the differences as far as like any any issues like with like law or like if oh my gosh like just compliances PCI, PII, CCPA, ADA, um, 23NYCRR500, GDPR, NYCPA, like, man, um, <laughs> um, SOC 1, SOC 2, SOC 3, SOC 5. What is all this? These are all the legal compliances you have to have when you're retaining data, when you're holding credit cards, when you're processing specific information, when you're um, operating within the specific state, when you're dealing with consumer lending products, when you're dealing with corporate lending products. The legal lease that I went through, like, oh my gosh, if I could do a legal podcast alone, like, I feel like I am a tech attorney at this point. It sounds like that. Because, yes, there's so many things that you have to figure out um, when it comes to actually making sure you're not crossing any blurred lines or doing anything wrong. Even the patent, because we just got our provisional patent. Mm -hmm. Even filing the patent and constantly sending it to the USPTO, they're sending it back, sending it back out, sending it back, spending thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars to prove that our software is original in its nature. There's a um I used to work at a, at a car wash and at this car wash it was a car wash in the hood it's uh it's off Campbellton Road and uh this is when I was man broke 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 I think I was getting like he was giving up paying everybody cash and I, I think I was getting like $40 a day it, it was a very low point in my life but I remember I was talking to the owner of the car wash and I was like yo like how come you aren't on Google and how come you aren't doing this and doing that and he was like, oh, it'll, I, I'll run into all these complications. I'll have to, you know, once I'm on Google, then, you know, the, 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 the government to see me, you know, the way he was, he was kind of talking, talking halfway ignorant, but it, at the same time, you know, he, he was making some sense. And I remember thinking like, well, and I thought this in my own head, I was like, man, you could scale like, yeah, it'll cost you money. It'll cost you a lot of headaches, but dude, when it's all said and done, you could be 10 times, 20 times bigger than what you are now exactly and but it was interesting to see how because he didn't want to do that extra just that extra work those headaches he was fine with just staying where he was at so i'm curious to know like okay you're good like you're good without the tech startup all the headaches and stuff that you're going through or that you're facing the the just the the, the legal woes and everything else like why are you still like going for it I guess business is my passion. It's funny because everybody tells me, like, why are you always working? You should take a break. What do you do to clear your mind? I'm like, build a system. <laughs> go build a website. Go start a business. Like, like now I'm in, like, I started a tax company because it's like, okay, something I understood. I could comprehend it pretty well. Yeah. Now I want to mediate insurance and taxes without having to do any work. And I have the, the package that I have now. But no, man, um, business is fun to me. Business is something that I like to focus on. Business is something that makes me feel like I can build something. And this is my baby and I can grow this baby and I can build this baby into an adult and an adult that can teach others how to take care of their babies in a sense. But um, I don't know. And then I also look at 
the the realism of like how easy it is to actually become a billionaire or a multimillionaire. Like yeah. filing my taxes my first year, I, I took home two hundred something thousand dollars. Filing my taxes the following year, one point two, one point three, one point four, give Man. or take. Following the following year after that, two point two. Uncle Sam, I ain't gonna talk about this year, but. <laughs> Um, the fact that I was able to constantly see those gradual increases, I'm like, yeah. okay, well, what will 10 million look like? What will now that's not all in pocket, so I'm not gonna act like that's just like what's in my yeah, like, yeah. liquid, but yeah, but the fact crazy. that I was able to earn that and see on paper, like, yeah. I did this, this was possible. That's so, like, what does 100 million look like, and what does the access with the 100 million dollars look like? And going back to um, currency, what rooms can that type of money put me in? Yeah, and like I said, it's not liquid capital, it's not the money, it's the earnings and the process and trusting yeah. the process of those. What things will I have to go through to actually understand that? And I think a guy, about a guy like Jeff Bezos, mm-hmm. like who starts a book company and then he steps over into retail. Yeah. Then he steps over into so, logistics. Yeah, music, then he steps over to music, uh, yeah. pharmacy. And then he buys Whole Foods and now he's in the groceries, you know? Yeah. So I think about that. I think about like Elon Musk. He starts PayPal, sells PayPal, steps into automotive. Like, I think that what I've learned, Richard Branson or like – um um. What's his face that started um, Virgin um, Air? Um, is that Richard Branson? Yeah, Richard Branson. Richard, yeah, yeah. Like the the fact that one day he's just walking down a, down an aisle and he's not satisfied with his experience. Yeah. So he just starts his own airline company. The fact that a guy walks in Blockbuster and he's pissed off with late fees. He's like, you know what? Start I'm, Netflix. I'm gonna start rep, um, Netflix, and then we have a yeah, guy Redbox. Oh yeah, Redbox. Then we yeah, have yeah. The, the guy who has Redbox. He's like, yeah. you know what? I'm just tired of getting in the car and driving out of to Blockbuster when they can be conveniently at where I grocery shop, yeah. where I buy things, the, the simple things of this. I have a saying that I go by strongly. Anyone can make six figures by working hard. When I say six figures, that's 100,000, yeah. 200,000, 300, 400, 500 plus. Yeah. And anyone becomes a millionaire when they find a problem and a solution. Yeah. It is not until you see hundreds of millions of tens of millions until you create something impactful and disruption. Disruption is very important and I'm big on disruption. What can I do that's different? Blue ocean strategy. Where can I put myself at where I have no competitors? And if I do have competitors, how can I dissolve those competitors and make Mm -hmm. myself the new norm? So what is the new norm of real estate? Well, my mediation financing system doesn't exist. What is the new norm of taxes? No one really knows what tax credits are. What is the new norm of lending? There's no software out there like our software that does uses our proprietary algorithm rhythms to find consumers alternative lending products aside from the big box brands on a regional level on a national level and even on a local level with local cdfi cdfis and pos finance and a consumer financing lending products doesn't exist also something that upsells you into insurance and tax strategies to bring you more money no program or portal Man, like that exists so i know oh to answer the question is like to keep going it's like i want an ipo i want a ticker on nasdaq i don't want a merger acquisition i don't want to be bought out i want to get i want to go through my well we already went through our pre-seed i want to go through series a series b series as far as i can go yeah with my series funding and then i want an ipo you know and and go from there it's crazy our, our last guest uh he he works in tech he's a senior in tech he's a really young dude but he's a senior in tech and he he has his own company um outside it's not a tech company it's a, it's a retail but it's doing really well here in here in atlanta and he was kind of saying the opposite and we were talking about that where he wants to uh um he has a, a exit plan um so it's it's interesting hearing two people who are both business owners and um successful doing very well but both have two entirely different goals which i which i think is, is dope i don't think there's a right or wrong in that i just think it's uh it's, it's pretty cool just just the timing of it so so, dude, man, I love it so much. Even like being being in tech, I remember thinking like, okay, man, if I can just get a hundred thousand dollars, and then I got a hundred thousand, and then I realized, okay, this really ain't that kind of money. Like I thought it was gonna be. Then I was thinking like, oh man, when I get to like one fifty, then I got to one fifty, 
And around the time I got to 150 is where I started to feel depressed because it felt like, okay, this is just enough for me and to live life and to take care of my family. But it felt very boring. I was like, yo, this is boring. And I was like, yo, like there has to be like a purpose. There has to be something. something It has to be deliverable. Everybody thinks that we, and it's so funny. It's like everybody says like, oh, you could just go, just, just go book a flight and go to Miami or go to New York for and take a break. Like that's normal now to me. Like, oh, well just go shopping, do some retail therapy. Eating out at all the nice restaurants got boring. Exactly. Yes. It's, it's, it's fun and interesting when you, when it's a, when it's a luxury. Yeah. But then when it becomes an everyday habit. When yeah. every other day habit is nothing special about it. Now not. you enjoy the home cooked meals. Now yeah. you enjoy the relaxation at the house. Yeah. Now you enjoy the space by yourself. So no, I understand one hundred percent. So, so man, you are amazing, dude. Like, bro, I'm I'm so inspired by you. So hyped that you're my neighbor. So hyped that we're cool. Um, definitely looking forward to getting to know you more. But in the midst of you being a serial entrepreneur and you having this uh, the, this this tech startup that's now valued at fifteen million, I definitely want to circle back around and talk about okay, how did it get to fifteen million? All of that stuff. So that so, and I'm glad you asked that because I feel like, and that goes back to the things that God does put you through, like being in foster care, being in the homeless shelters. Like okay, foster care allowed me to understand the value of stability. Like I've, I've been in so many different homes, like yeah. literally seventy plus homes. Like I could not make it up. I've never had a high school experience, never went to prom, never had senior year. I don't know Sheesh. what that's like. Got a GED. You know, so yeah. those things taught me like stabi- like what it's like to sit in one spot and focus. And then moving to the next step, which is homelessness. Yeah. What it's like to have security. And then mm-hmm. having a job. This is crazy. But think about all the money that you have spent and I've spent so far. Even when you just gave me the idea of the setup and um, your, your, your rich, um, very Vide- famous videographer, videographer yeah, right here. <laughs> When I'm like, yo, like, all right, I'm thinking like, all right, what's this, 25K? He's like, nah, 50K? Nah. Well, damn. But, no, the point is, it's like, also along with that, that understanding the job is like the amount of money we spend to teach ourselves. When working a job, I'm constantly hearing this stuff about don't do a nine to five, don't do a nine to five. Yeah. Companies spend billions of dollars. I worked at Best Buy when I was in college, but the fact that when I worked at Best Buy, when I worked at Family Dollar, and when I worked at Walmart, they spend billions of dollars to train you what you're going to go out and learn for yourself or your own business. So mm. I took that idea and I'm like, okay, well, let me go back to onboarding, HR, payroll. Wow. Like the basic things that you learn when yeah. you get an SOP. When you sit at work and they give you that packet, mm-hmm. how can I reverse engineer, engineer that into my business? Yes. Going through e-commerce, going through real estate, all those things brought me back to tech and was like, well, how do you evaluate a real estate a real estate deal well single family you have to get the appraisal it's yeah. based off the comps it's based off you know are you going to cash flow the house are you going to refi the house and live in it are you going to flip the house or multifamily your NOI your cap rates your T12s your insurances and you know how does the taxes affect the area you know mm-hmm. are there any comps are you forcing appreciation you know are you in a pre-gentrified area people act like gentrification is a curse word but <laughs> you know all those things matter so it's like okay well what values do I take in the business? And it wasn't until I started, and this is before the WeWork, um, we crashed. Oh, yeah. I was reading about, um, what is his name again? Oh my gosh, the guy uh, that started WeWork. Um, he financed everybody and made it think it was a tech company, but it was really just like shared space. Yeah, but anywho, I remember that. Yeah. The fact that I watched him and I'm like, oh my gosh, like where did he get a, he was, he was like, oh my company's worth a hundred billion dollars. And he literally sold the idea of a hundred billion dollar company and people were buying into this. And I'm like, how do I sell the idea? Like, how do I even know what my company's worth? And when you walk around, you ask someone like, like how much is your media company worth? How much is your, your, um, your, your tech advising company worth? And most people go, well, I don't know, but I know how much I make a month. 
but how much is it yeah, worth? What is the valuation? Yeah. And some people go, well, I have a $5 million company. Well, where are you getting that number from? Yeah. You know, and then I started learning about things like EBITDA, E-B-D-I-T-A. Mm-hmm. You know, general valuations, you know, comps within businesses. Businesses have comps. You know, businesses mm-hmm. have trends. And taking all of that data and all of those numbers and I put it into my business. And um, I got the valuation from my business and based on our current cash flow, projected cash flow, and then the current private labels that we have now that use our software, we started off at a $7 million valuation and it increased to 15. Then it took me back to my structures of how to set up a trust. You know, like you have your holdings company and then you have the yeah. LLC under the holdings company and then it holds the property as, or the assets. Mm-hmm. So you want control but no ownership. So I started thinking, well, why is a corporation more important than an LLC? We're now in this phase where black entrepreneurs are saying, go get an LLC, go get an LLC, get yeah. that G-Wagon and that $2,000 car, write it off. That, yeah. Me writing off my cars was the worst thing I could have done in my life. It didn't. It got me oh, an audit. Wow. And, 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 and it comes from how you're angled in. Now, I'm not giving professional tax advice, but I do say to seek a professional consultant on those things. Yeah. But we're in a day and age where everyone's like, they learn a little bit of information about credit. They learn a little bit of information and they want to go be an influencer and they're misleading people. And I don't think people understand the true value of influence. But to go back to the point um i took those values and i said well how can i actually understand what my company is worth so i brought it back around i said okay well my company based on cash flow based on projections based on revenue it's worth seven million well how can i make it worth 15 million well my advisor which is my current attorney now which is my mentee he's like well why won't you just do a corporation why should i do a corporation well you have shares and i went back to the book i read where jeff bezos borrowed against borrowed against the shares and bought whole foods so I'm like, no bank's going to give you money. He was like, everybody talks about business credit. Go get a, a, a business credit card, PG yourself. But no one talks about the real value of credit in business. Mm. Not business credit, but credit in business. How okay. you can build shares in your company, build values in those shares. Let's say I, say I have 11 million shares and they're yeah. all worth a third of a cent. But the more money I make, the more cash flow I make, and the more investors that I bring in, those shares go from a third of a cent to five cents to two to $2. To five dollars, to nine dollars. So I have eleven million shares right now within my company. They're all worth um, about seven cents, which gives us our general valuation now. And if I can get, which sounds crazy, I want we want to get to nine dollars a share. You guys do the math: nine times eleven million. That's the goal. Oh, nine dollars wow. times eleven million. So if I can scale to nine dollars a share, then at that point I have enough value. But not even even within the process. Well, I have a guy who's giving me, let's say, I, sorry, you, you say, well, yeah, bro, you know what? I want to give you $500,000. Mm-hmm. Well, my share value just went from seven cents to whatever that may be. I don't, want, I can't calculate the shares off the top of my brain, but whatever that number may be. And then let's say your media guy says, you know what? I like how that sounds. Let me give you a million dollars. Well, every time a dollar is dispersed within my company, that valuation goes, goes up, up more and more up. and more of those yep. shares. So at that point, I can become a high value client at my local bank or at a local VC firm or a local CDFI, which is a community financial development institution. Those are very valuable. In, in the tech industry, especially when you have a startup or even when you have a tech business or an accelerator, G-A-N-D-I-C-O. Shout out to them too. I, I, I hope y'all are, are slowing this down listening yeah, to Yeah, because I talk pretty fast. On point seven five <laughs> and taking notes. All, everything you say, all the acronyms. So accelerators are very valuable. Um, 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 venture capitalists, you know, when you start a business, people think, I need an investor, I need an investor, I need an angel investor. Those things aren't easy to come by. Mm-hmm. But creating a pitch deck, creating a white paper if it's if it's solely tech based or an introduction paper or a business plan and then also having that valuation with proof of concept yeah. can give you more money than you ever needed so yeah. um that took me to, 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 to close, come to a close on that question but that took me to the the idea of okay well now i have shares how do i bring value in those shares and then that gave us the valuation as we took our cash flow we got our value our, our, our financial value our financial model specialist who created our valuation and then we leveraged that so we had the pitch deck 
We have the white paper. We have the business plan. We have the proof of concept. We have the proof that the software worked. And then we have the patent. Of course, a patent on anything brings value. And then we have the provisional patent. At that point, it was easy. At that point, VC firms just throw money at you. At the point, accelerators, you win all the accelerator programs. At this point, I'm just going to tech events Man. and shaking hands. Yeah. So, yes, $15 million is what we're evaluated at, and $100 million is the goal. Man. And, you, bro, you definitely going to get there. You're definitely going to get there. Dude, so, I mean, I know, I know there are uh, it's a variety of different people uh, that are listening in and watching, and some are – there are some people uh, listening and watching it where they're, like, spot on with everything you're saying. They're like, okay, yep, this is good. It sounds good to me. But then there are other people that are like, what in the world? Everything's all over the place. But they're still intrigued. They're still like, okay, I don't know half the stuff he's talking about. Man, I, I want to get there, though. Like, what are, what's, like, what's a good starting point for someone? Let, let's say you could, you could go back and talk to yourself the day you got fired. What would you say to yourself as a good starting point? Whether books you would recommend to get started, whether podcasts to listen to, whether, you know, shows to I watch, like whatever that might be. I can, you can read all the books in the world. Oh, my gosh. If one more person gets on Instagram and says, oh, my favorite book is Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Oh, yeah. That John drives me crazy. Oh, my God. Or 48 Laws of Power. Like, no, bro. Like, books are okay. Books are gods. But you have those, like, for example, like a mechanic. You have the mechanic who's book smart, but never touched a car in his life. But he can tell you everything about a, about a car. And you have those guys. Like, some of my homeboys, you know what I'm saying? They lived in the projects their whole life. They learned just from just watching their granddad touch and, touch and fix cars. Yeah, that's true. And they can fix cars. So it's like... I feel like you can never lose with experience and a mentor. You could listen to all the podcasts in the world. You can listen to read all the books, but until you reach out to the person who's leading that podcast, for example, mm. they can listen to your podcast every day until they reach out and say, hey, Cyrus, you know your industry. You understand your industry. You know what it's like to make not only six figures, but you understand what it's like to scale six figures. Yeah. What do I need to do? Instead mm -hmm. of just saying, oh, I'm going to listen to his podcast every day on the way to work, and I'm just going to manifest on a firm and walk outside with my shoes off and step in the grass and let the sun rays. <laughs> And or, you know, I'm going to pray like God gives us 10 fingers, 10 toes, two hands, two feet, you know, yeah. and the opportunity is there. So you have to take it. So to, to simply answer that question, you need to just simply be able to understand what it's like to have a mentor. Yeah. And sometimes it's worth paying for that mentorship, yeah. not necessarily saying, no, make it make sense. But before you go and pay someone, understand what those general rules are. Like, for example, in e-commerce, people think, oh, he's showing screenshots of Shopify orders and, and he's showing screenshots that he's making a lot of money and he's traveling a lot. That means nothing. He has a credit card that's giving him points. He's probably manufacturing spending. He's probably doing ghost orders to close you on that. So mm. what does it look like? Yeah. But like you said, no one even knows how to look for those things. Yeah, they don't. So you need to find that one mentor that's willing to work with you and guide you, but also having that value. And that goes back to opportunity costs and resources. You also have to ask yourself, what can I bring to the table? Yeah. Bro, think about it. There are probably 3 million people in your DM right now saying, yo, bro, I want to link with you. Let's go eat lunch. Yeah. Oh, man. Oh, like, why am I eating? Me. I can. It, I don't need. I'm not it hungry. It drives me crazy. I'm not hungry. They're, they're like, why yo, am I, I, I pay for lunch. I'm like, I don't. I'm good. Yeah, I ate today. Like, why am I eating with you? Chris is a perfect example. I introduced you. And Chris, like, came at me and said straight up, like, yo, bro, I want to eat with you. I have this, this, and this. Yeah. And, and he spit numbers. He spit value. And then I saw his podcast. I'm like, you know what? This is worth. And then when I got there, we just went. He said, yo, bro, I'm not going to waste your time. I'm going to get straight to it. Let's jump yeah. into it. He's like, yeah, man, I want to understand what you've been through. And he gave me, let me spit out about my life. And he says, I'm going to tell you a little bit about me. Yeah. So he basically told me, shut up. I'm going to tell you about me. <laughs> and he told me about him. And he says, all right. And we, he says, you know what? We're doing too much side talk. Let's get to it. And he Let's opened up his computer it. and he was just blasting at it. And literally, immediately after, I didn't even get in the car. I get the link for this, the link for that, the link for this, the link for that. I'm not going to spoil his, you know, yeah, him. What he's doing, but y'all yeah. going to see, dude's a beast. But he's giving me the value right there. Immediately sitting with you. Like you gave me immediate value right there. And I'm like, 
people need to understand that to answer your question, like what can they do if they don't know, if they're starting at square one? Mm-hmm. Find someone in, in the realm that you want to be in. Find the basketball court that you want to be in and get on the bench. Everybody doesn't have to be the all-star. Yeah. There are people that sit on the bench that have 10, 12, 13 million dollar contracts. Yep. There are people that sit on the bench that got endorsements with Nike and Under Armour and Adidas, we just never heard of them. Get on the bench first. But even then, if you gotta be the water boy, that water boy is in every game. It's a difference between being the mascot and the water boy. The mascot has to, in a sense, be the ridicule, be the funny person, be the clown for everyone, be the entertainment. The water boy is the hard work. He's the one behind yeah. the scenes that's getting the dirty towels thrown on him, that's getting the water jugs thrown at him, that's getting yelled at by the coach, the players, and the, the mascot. He's still getting yelled at by everybody from the lowest of the cast system to the highest of the cast. And well, guess what? Well, that water boy gets to meet gets to meet the photographers. He gets to meet ESPN. Yeah. He gets to meet the athletes. So using those values and bringing those resources in. Now, guess what? The water boy says, you know what? I ain't doing no water anymore. I, I want to get into PR. Well, guess what? He has everything he needs to become press release. Or I want to get into entertainment. Or I want to get into fashion and design. Well, yeah. you're getting to meet everything you need. His so network is crazy. Networking. Yeah. So to answer that, understanding what it's like to be at the bottom and start from the bottom. And okay, it's okay to be at the bottom. Yeah. It's okay to be that um, invalid. You know, nothing's wrong with being the outlier or the invalid. Because that invalid but in, then becomes that valid person. You know, so that's just what I would say. Find a mentor and find someone that can lead you in that area. And then from there, understand what that world is like. And then go into the realm of investing into yourself and yeah. investing into other programs. So uh, we, we got we got to wrap some. Dang, it's, it's, it's so much that, um, that I want us to talk about. So I'm going to try to blast through a few of these questions uh, that we have. Uh, so so you, you kind of touched on this a little bit earlier. But with everything you do, what do you think about, do you believe people should value, like, do you think everyone should just try to go after inactive or, I know people call it passive income, but go after, yeah, yeah, like, would, would you rather people go after, do you think people should go after inactive income or do you think that people should still, that there's still value in a nine to five? There's always value in a nine to five. You get benefits, you get, you get guaranteed paychecks, you get consistent income. It's not about the money. Once again, that goes back to currency, time. Time yeah. management, understanding how to structure and pay bills, being um, solid and 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 consistent. Mm-hmm. So just to summarize, that consistency is important. Whether you're working a nine to five or you're starting to become an entrepreneur, but you can never lose by working a job. What, what do, do you th- what do you think? So someone who wants to be an entrepreneur, uh, they want to be an entrepreneur. Let's say they're they're working in a tech or they're about to go into tech, uh, or they're they're just working at some I guess regular job, regular company. What value do you think they should gain as a future entrepreneur that they should gain from their nine to five? Their job's already spending millions, if not billions of dollars to train you. Take that that leverage and then understand how you can implement it to yourself. Stabilize yourself. Pay your bills. If you're leaving beyond your means, reserve those. If you're leaving below your means, then you just have to work hard. Yeah. I mean, that's just the world that we live in. And, and, and do the best that you can do. If you're working at a warehouse, at a plant facility, if you're working at a chocolate factory, if you're working, you know, wherever they may be, at, at Amazon Warehouse 12 hours a day, all you can do is work the hardest, hardest you can and understand that. I mean, there's no excuses. It's, everybody has their own trials and tribulations, but you just got to work hard. And, yes, yeah. if you can work a nine-to-five, I don't care. I, yeah, work a nine-to-five, yeah. you know. I mean, you got people that's in the streets. I got homeboys, that, you know, that sell drugs. I got homeboys that scam. But it's like, at the end of the day, like, the risk and the liability to that, it just ain't worth it. Yeah, it's not. You know, so nothing's ever wrong with working a nine-to-five. And if anyone ever bashes you for working a nine-to-five, well, then those are just people you don't need to be around. Yeah, big facts. I love it. I love it. So, are you hiring? And, and if you are, or if you're going to be hiring at some point soon, what are some... What kind of candidates or what kind of people are you looking for to bring on your team? UI development, UX development, 
um, back-end developers, um, full-stack developers, um, and then creative minds, um, people who are great at research and development, um, systems and development, and it can be any type of system, just creative minds that understand the financing and the linear industry. So, yeah. Two more questions. Rhea's going to beat me up. <laughs> but two, two more questions. Uh, so, one, how did you... Well, you have a very impressive network. That was one of the things I saw when we first connected. Um, and one of the things I've, I've realized more and more is like, okay, like usually the, the, the higher you go up in terms of su success and in terms of you making certain moves, naturally your network should be growing. And your network is at a place where I'm like, all right, I can see I'm a couple steps behind you in terms of my network. Bro, bro, educate me, educate the audience. Like, how did you build out your network? This is going to sound pretty messed up and narcissistic, I guess. Because that's 2022. Hey, let's be real. Word. Um, yeah, that's the buzzword. <laughs> yeah, and everybody's narcissist. Everybody's a narcissist. Um, but, or self-centered, that's a better word, or mm -hmm. conceited. Um, don't surround yourselves with people who are where you want to be. Yeah. Not with people that are where you are and that have come from where you have already grown from. Yes. That's the only way you're going to grow. How can I... Like now, keeping the people around that are already where you are, yes. Mm -hmm. Not saying exclude yourself from them, but also making sure you're putting yourself in the room with people who are already successful yeah. and proficient in whatever realm you want to be in. Mm -hmm. So yes, to answer that question, you can never lose by saying, okay, well, damn, this guy makes this, this guy makes that. And put your pride to the side and say, well, how can I get in the room? Yeah. Once again, be that water boy and get in the room. Be the fly on the wall. And then from there, grow yourself from there. So. Bro, I'm going to say something that's so wild. I shouldn't even say this, but, um, but I'm going to say it anyway. Uh, so you know we got a lot of neighbors here in this building. A lot of cool. It's a lot of cool people here doing some cool things. It's and surprisingly, it's a lot of people that are here that I'm like, you should not be living here. Meaning like That's they're the they're truth. they're struggling to to pay and to, and to because and to they want to live somewhere and have an idea of what they li their life should be like instead of sitting down and just focusing and honing in. No, I agree with that. Yeah, and, and what I've noticed is that really quickly I had to start realizing, okay, Cyrus, just because everybody is here, d there are still people here that are lazy. There are still people here that aren't productive. There are still people here that don't have a mission. And I was able to, to differentiate people and really quickly was able to differentiate you and was like, he he's one of those people where, like you mentioned, being selfish, where he's one of those people where my time isn't being wasted being around him, whether I'm going to be motivated, whether we can collaborate on something, you know, even if like, OK, we kicking back and chilling and just kind of shooting the breeze. Or whatever, value. It's like there's still value and there's still like Same things that, that can be gleaned and stuff like that. So um, so just wanted to, uh, to, to say that about you and also say that for people, you. you know, listening to, to realize the value of that in terms of what he's saying. All right. Last question. So. All right, man. So where can listeners find you at? And what is your message to, to everybody listening, everybody watching? Um, Instagram, who is Rich Porter? Um, who is Rich Porter? No underscores, no dots, no extra eye. It's clean just like that. Who is Rich Porter? And then um, Facebook, Tory Porter. I really don't use my Twitter or my TikTok, so it's really not important. So, yeah, those two, they can find me there. Um, and the message is just like, if you can involve your business strategy, no matter, I don't care if you're like a nail tech, a, a lash tech like i'm just going to think about those like general crab in the bucket or you want to have a boutique an online boutique you can never lose with like involving something tech based or some type of tech structure in your business mm -hmm. and if it wasn't for tech yes i make good money yes yeah. but i would never be looking at eight nine ten figure outcomes of my business without tech it just it just wouldn't 
man that's so good dude man thank you so much uh for being on um look y'all thank y'all for everybody who's tuned into this episode of tech is the new black uh listen y'all uh if please let us know in the comments like what it is you want us to do next let us know what you want us to work on because we want to make sure this platform is tailored to you because at the end of the day this is about you uh, also if you enjoyed this episode you enjoy our content let us know by of course leaving a like subscribing all that good stuff you know you got to feed the almighty social media algorithm in order for things to grow and so that other people can be exposed to what it is that we're doing and then be impacted as well other than that we'll see y'all on the next episode as humans we're naturally driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed when i was looking to hire someone it was so slow and overwhelming i wish i had used indeed if you need to hire you need indeed indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast ditch the busy work use indeed for scheduling screening and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster and indeed doesn't just help you hire faster 93 percent of employers agree indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites according to a recent indeed survey and listeners of this show will get a 75 dollars sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at indeed.com podcast that's indeed.com podcast terms and conditions apply